This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our TGT podcast, a show in which we're joined every single week to talk about the latest Arsenal fixture. Although, of course, because it is the international break, that does change things ever so slightly because there is no Arsenal game to talk about. But we are still going to provide you with plenty of Arsenal chat over the next 30 to 40 minutes or so. And to do so, what we usually do during the international break is because there's no Arsenal game, which means there's no opportunity to get the members on for a preview show. It means we get the members on the podcast. So without further ado, let me introduce you my guests for today. First of all, it's my right-hand man of the members group. It's Vinny. How do you, mate? Are you well? Yeah, very well, thank you. And it's it's quite a nice international break this time because we've went off with happy faces rather than being yes. feeling down yes yeah. absolutely i was just uh, dave in the chat said excellent show i think vinny's topped it he's gone with the more, more recent uh blue one. i do have that as well it was just i've wore that for six aside last week so i was like, i'm gonna change it up a little bit and to Great. be fair we we had this during lockdown didn't we this away shirt so i never got to use it for six aside so this is the first time and hopefully it's going to go all well saying that, and I'll be very. I don't like admitting this, but last time we played the team that we're playing tonight, we lost fourteen nil. Yes, yeah. genuine. It was that bad. So fingers crossed, it will be different tonight. Bailey's playing from the Arsenal way, so hopefully Bailey's goals can turn things around this evening. Also joined by Alex. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? I'm loving the November attempt, mate. It's looking excellent. <laughs> oh lord, um, yeah, uh, I've gone for a slightly different uh, colour. Of top, I apologise. Should have should have known we'd been in blue, but oh, well, um, I mean, but no, not everyone's got the memo, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I can only apologise to the viewers for my attempt at facial hair. It's <laughs> it's all for a good cause. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Lots of people. I know. Uh, I ran into Simon Collings um a couple of a couple of weeks i think it was before the not before the leeds game it was before the aston villa game obviously at the standard writer and uh at that point he hadn't yet shaved his beard but i noticed that he'd been growing out a little bit and then if you follow simon collings on twitter you'll know that he's now shaved it off so it's just a mustache and it's 
Yeah, I mean, Simon, that that doesn't look good. So I'm wishing for a quick November for you, Simon, and for everyone else taking part in November. Uh, someone who didn't get the Arsenal shirt memo, mainly because I didn't send one out, is uh, King. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Yeah, I feel like an outcast now. Everybody got Arsenal <laughs> shirt. I'm so sorry. And then go plain white. <laughs> No worries, mate. You're repping the Dan Robert favourite colour of shirt, to be fair, um, as our Closet Spurs fan in the Discord server. So (laughs) that's how it goes. I'm only joking, Danny boy. I can see you in the chat box. How are you doing, King, though, mate? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking forward for this stream, obviously. Having Vinny and Alex on, it's going to be good. And you, of course. Yes, thank you ever so much for tuning in, guys. Um, I've named this show. Yeah, I'm camouflaged, says Jonathan. The irony is, if I was wearing green, I literally would be camouflaged. Shouldn't just blend into the back. Maybe I'll do that one time. You just see my floating head for one of these shows. Um, but we we named this show basically the how likely it is or what are the chances of Arsenal achieving top four. Just to kind of kick off today's discussion. So, chat box. Do leave your thoughts and feelings about how you're feeling right now about Arsenal's top four hopes. But we're going to go to Vinny first, mate. Tell me, mate, how are you in terms of your confidence about Arsenal's top four hopes this season? I think we got the squad to do it. You look around the rest of the Prem and you look at Leicester, you look at Tottenham, you look at Man U, and their squads aren't much better than ours, if better at all. Like The, the signings we made in, in the summer were superb. Like Every single player has added value to the team. Well, nearly all of them, except for maybe Tavares, has start, well, Odegaard, are starting every mm. week. So we've... He was starting at the beginning, wasn't he? So Yeah, yeah. And and he's he's going to play uh, games. I think the, the interesting thing with us is I think we've got a very good first team. And I think the question's going to be when we get into December and we've got loads of games, how we're going to react when we start losing a few players. Because the depth underneath our first team isn't as good. And I think that's the challenge. But the other teams don't really inspire me with confidence either in being consistent each week. So I think we've got every chance. I think that there's a great opportunity, with, the, as you say, with the squad that we've got this season. I mean, the, the difference, Alex, this season to last season, adding six players that we have added, and all of them are making, you know, have had some form of impact. Odegaard, I think, or Odegaard, as Vinny likes to call him, have, of course, he's probably been the least impactful, but without him, we wouldn't have got those three points against Burnley. His pressing was really good in the North London derby and the game against Burnley and Norwich too. And then you've got Tavares, who's come in for an injured Tierney, something that last season left us with Granit Xhaka playing at left-back. That's had a massive impact on our season. Lukonga's really stepped up in the period that Xhaka has been out, and now Partey's out too. He stepped up there. You've got players, obviously, like Tommy Asu that we needed at right-back. Ben White, we clearly needed at centre-back because there's a big step-up's gone there. And Ramsdale, I mean, the, the amount of superlatives you can use to talk about Ramsdale this season. Do you agree with Vinny? Do you think that this squad is of a level that's necessary to challenge for a top four place? I think that we certainly could challenge for a top four. I think top six for me is mm. almost almost a must in some ways for me this season because I think that the amount of investment that's been shown in Arteta um, and you know the calibre of players that we've brought in to some extent, obviously maybe not massive names, but I think Tommy Asu has been outstanding. I think Tavares has done what he's needed to do and you know um and then you have ben white who obviously price tag wise i think a lot of people maybe go one way or the other yeah. um but personally i i thought he's been really good so far this season and for a young defender who has a 
much higher ceiling than a lot of other players in our squad. I think there's no reason why we can't be challenging for the top mm. four. Uh, and you look elsewhere, you see a lot of teams aren't, you know, are inconsistent. And I think that's where we need to keep this run going is into the games where we're going to come up against, you know, better teams. So this game against Liverpool, I think, is going to be a real tell of, you know, where we really are. Because if we can, I don't expect us to win. But if we can put up a fight, at least, then it's going to yeah. be more than we've done in previous seasons. It's very true. And I think that's certainly something, Alex, when you look at kind of the fixtures that we've got, the next six fixtures in particular, we're going to have a much better idea about kind of where Arsenal sit. And King, I suppose that brings us to the question that I want to go to you about. Um, And in the chat box, Rod says, top four discussions are premature. We'll know better after the next five or six matches. Liverpool, United, Everton, West Ham results in this stretch. Then we'll know our realistic hopes. Do you think the discussion of top four is too premature? I mean... You can see it's pretty much. You got a little. Have you got a little one in the background? Yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs> it's not me. I promise. <laughs> I think you can see the hand. I can. <laughs> I love this multitasking, parenting, and podding. It's great. I love this. Go on. <laughs> they said men can't multitask. I'm trying to prove them wrong. Very <laughs> <laughs> true, right? Go on, sir. Yeah, but for me, obviously, you can say it's premature, but we can only go from what we've seen. And so far, we've seen a team that's brought in new players and the players have performed. Now we're going to see how they perform against tougher uh, oppositions. We're going to play Liverpool, Man United and West Ham in a very short period. So we're going to see how they react to that. We're going to see how they react to the Christmas period, which is very intense. And you've heard a lot of foreign players before complain that the Christmas period is very intense, especially the mm. first two years, because you're not used to it. But what is in our benefit is that we don't play in Europe. So even if we lack a bit of form, if we can keep up and not have a long distance, when your Leicesters, your West Ham, your Spurs, your United have to focus on Europe, we can only focus on the league. And I think that can help us. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm really stuck by the fact now, in my in my mind now, King, I'm thinking, I'm going to do in this 8am show when I'm in however many years time, when I've actually got a little one with the missus. This, this is going to be me. I'm going to yeah. be doing the 8am show with the little one in my arms now talking about the Arsenal news. It's just, yeah. I can just see that happening. It's just the way it's going to go. Let's I can give you the, the tips. Cha- <laughs> please do, mate. Please do. Uh, we're going to dip into the chat box and see what you guys are thinking and saying about the possibilities of top four. Let's kick off with Tom. Says we had this discussion at the pub last week, and I was adamant that our first 11 are the fifth best on paper, but definitely top four as a team. I think it's something I've said before. I think we do have probably the fifth best squad in the league behind United, who just are underperforming massively under Solskjaer, in my view. They've got a squad that should be up there with Chelsea's. I mean, you look at the amount of money spent on that team, you look at the individuals in that side, they should be doing better than they are. Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, obviously, you go without saying that have better squads. They've invested massively. But Arsenal's is the fifth best. So if we were to get top four, it'd be a massive achievement and definitely an overachievement of what we can probably expect from us. But I, I like, Tom, how you point out there that our top four as a team is probably uh, in that fourth spot above a team like United because they just aren't gelling together. Uh, Trini says, I'm confident. Um, the question is, do the players have the desire to keep this momentum? Because if we have one bad game, I fear that they may not pick themselves up. I'm going to come back to that comment. Uh, Ed says, if we stay healthy, why not? Starting to feel like 15 and 16 when many big teams underachieved and Leicester snuck through just by being consistent. It's a really good point. And I mean, if 
I was talking to someone the other week, I think it was Bailey, saying that if we'd have, say, had all of our players fit at the start of the season, say we'd accelerated plans to bring in Tommy Asu, Ramsdale, and Odegaard into team before the season started, we would have been in such a better position to take on Brentford and Chelsea and City. And if we, you, you never know, if we are to say won the Brentford game and drawn the Chelsea game, we'd be joint top of the table right now, which is ridiculous when you consider the fact that those three games were seemingly so, it was such a disaster and it really did feel like a disaster back then. Let me come back to that comment um, from, I think it was from Trini, uh, Vinny. I love this, Trini for Vinny, uh, talking about the idea of if we were to say lose the next match against Liverpool, how much... Faith do you kind of have in not only the team, but in Arteta to, to regalvanize the side, put that loss, because we are going to lose eventually, put the loss to the sides and push forwards? I, th- I think the big difference at the moment is the players are fighting for the shirt. Like one of my mates is a United fan and he went to the Arsenal game the other day and he said that he was impressed against Watford because he saw every single player fighting for every single ball. And that's something that we haven't seen in the past. And this season is going to be inconsistent. We have a young team and fans mm. need to be patient. Fans need to realise we're going to have big ups and downs. We're going to have games where we're going to be rubbish and we're going to struggle. But what what we're seeing at the moment is we're seeing a side that's young, that's playing for the shirt, that's getting stuck into tackles and doing everything they can to try and win football matches. And yes, it's going to take time. Like a Lacazette coming into the team have sort of solved the problem of linking the attack to the midfield up. But I think that problem's still going to exist going into the season. The good yeah. thing is at the moment, we're defensively, we're very good. It's that final third piece we need to work on. And you're not going to get consistency until you nail that. But I'm, I'm not worried about the heart of this team because I think we've got a team now that fights for the shirt. Mm. And that's something we've severely lacked in the past. Yeah, I think the things that we've lacked, obviously, are depth. And you look back to last season and the, the Granite Xhaka situation at left-back really cost us a run to the Europa League final. And to be honest, had we have had Tierney for that first leg away in Spain, we'd probably been in a lot. And obviously, the striker situation with Mill Smith Rowe playing in that false nine role, we would have been in such a better position. And now you look at the side and the depth is just so much greater than it was. I still think there are actually areas that we need to strengthen it. And that's also another point that we'll come on to is, is how we use January to kind of strengthen our top four pedigree moving forwards. Um, but a question from Matt who says, uh, maybe a silly question, but could you clarify what you mean when you say challenge for the top four? Does it mean in and around the top four for a season, but we may miss out by a point or two? It's a good question. It's worth clarifying. I think to say that when you challenge for the top four, you can either achieve it or you won't, but you still challenge for it. It is, I suppose, if you finish one or two points behind the top four, you'd say you've challenged for it this season. I think it's you get to the end of the campaign and you can have an evaluation at the end when you went, yeah, if we didn't make it, we could have done and we could have got into that top four, but we just didn't pick up that one or two extra points. It, I mean, I'm interested. One word answer from you guys. How many points off of the top four would you have to say that we weren't challengers? Like how many? So you think back to Uno Emery's first season, we finished, I think it was just one point off top four. You would say we were top four challengers that year. Last year when we finished eighth, I think we were something, I think it was only something like six or seven points that we actually finished off the top. I'm just going to check that very quickly. But I'm sure it was only like four, like six or seven points that we were actually away from the top four. I might be absolutely talking it was six points we were six points off Chelsea and yet we finished eighth 
in the table. So it's a very fine line. You say that we're one, two, three points, but just three more points and you could be a top four. So, I mean, Vinny, just quickly, like one wordish answer. How many points off the top four are you to be a challenger? Three, but it's so tight. And and, mm. and that's why it's difficult to put a number on it. I don't think you can because it is always very close at the top. And it's just about them consistency and them little games. Is mm, a good answer. Alex, what do you make of that? How many points off the top four do you think, if you can put a number on it, that you'd have to be for to be labelled a challenger? Um, I've always thought six has always been So my... did you think last season that we were top four challengers being six points off Chelsea? I, only just, but it's only by points. And it's difficult because on the season, you, you have the big four or the big, mm. whatever you want to call it, whatever season it will be. Yeah, yeah. But then you have seasons where Leicester won the league and then you could say well where, where who is a top four challenger then you know it, it, I don't know I suppose I yeah the, the, the broad label of a team is when you start the season you look at sides did anyone really put West Ham as a top four contender a proper top four contender this season but they're looking like that this year so it's, it's interesting how you label sides King how many points would you say to, to finish off the top four would it be for me Four, but sometimes you also have to look how many teams are in between. So, for example, as you mentioned last year, there were so many teams that had a bigger chance to get into that top four. Whereas if we would have finished, let's say, fifth, then you could say, yeah, but there was only one team above us. But when it's like two, three, four teams, I feel mm. like uh, you need to be at least four points. So at least when you come to game week 35, you still have an opportunity to get into that top four. Mm. I mean, if we'd have been four points off of the top four last season, we still would have only been seventh. That tells you how tight things are when you go into the, these races. It's, it's crazy and it's mad to think how close you can get and yet how far you are. I think in, it's really summed up quite well in the chat box. I think it was Dave that said six points sounds like a challenge, but finishing eighth definitely doesn't. Uh, and I think that's that's a completely fair analysis of that. Um, let's scroll up a little bit more and get some more reaction to this. Omar says, I think it is premature. We need to carry on doing what we are doing. Mitchell says, Man United favourites for that fourth spot as much as I hate them. And they're only favourites because of the squads, not because of their form, not because of their manager, just because of the players that are available to them. Um, now, Alex, let's let's talk about this January window because how crucial do you think the January window is going to be for Arsenal in getting top four? Because it's not a window in which you see lots of teams invest loads of money, but can you foresee Arsenal using that winter window to try and strengthen any challenge that they may have at that point? Um, I think we need to in some areas, Where? personally. Um, I think in the midfield, as much as I've thoroughly enjoyed watching Lukonga. Um, I obviously we've got Xhaka, Elneny, we've got Lukonga, we've got Party, who's going to be off at the African Cup of Nations, um, and then oh, and of course, oh, he's gone. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll keep. I'll keep going. Um, yeah, and I, I suppose. Yeah, I just think we need, we really need on my on my mouse. The back button on my mouse. Sorry, you were still going. You were so professional. No, no I, I I wasn't. It was Vinny told me to keep going. Oh, fair play. <laughs> Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> He's got my back. He um, knows what's going down. Yeah. Go on, um, mate. Yeah. So I think in in I think we need backup mainly because I mean whatever it 
comes in the form of, I think, in some ways, I prefer a loan um, over actually signing anybody because obviously the market in January is so sort of, you know, you just you don't you don't know who's going to be available. You don't know the price tags and things like that. But then again, you've got players. Uh, we've talked a lot in the Discord server. There's players, you know, who are out of contract, and you know, I noticed recently that um, uh, Frank Kessie, who's uh, mm. AC Milan, who's a very very good player, he's been linked with Spurs, and I mean personally, I'd I'd sign him just so Spurs don't because he's a <laughs> He's, I mean, obviously, that's not a reason to sign a player. But, no, it ab- but, absolutely but, is, mate. But, it absolutely is. <laughs> but when you when you look at, I, I just don't want Spurs anywhere near us at the end of the season. It will give me great pleasure. Um, so I think, yeah, midfield. Um, and then, I don't know, I think striker is the only other position that I'd maybe look at. And that's mainly because... Um, for longevity purposes, you've got Aubameyang, who's you know he, he's performing better this season than he did last season. Which I mean, it's not that mm. difficult in fairness. But <laughs> but um, but and then you've got Lacazette, who I believe is out of contract relatively soon. And I mean, I, I mean, I take him on a new contract, but I, that's different, different, uh, different question. Um, and then up behind that, you've got Balogun, who really needs a loan move of some form. And then you've got Nketiah, who's strongly linked with moves away. And then after that, I mean, you've not got that much unless you include Martinelli in that. But um, but yeah, I think it's an area that I would look to strengthen. And if a player was out there who we could sign permanently, I'd definitely go for it. Um, people, I mean, play, players like Flahovic, but mm. then again, you know, it's, it's a price tag. I think that's the, that's the problem is whether whether the board are all really willing to invest as they've shown already, but are they willing to continue investing because that's what it's going to take. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with you. It's there's there's a lot of positions on paper you look at and go, yeah, we we need all of these, but you we realise that the January window is not a period where you see a club make a, a massive overhaul of the team. I think it is going to be, again, from my perspective, and King, I'm going to get yours in a second. I, for me, I think it is going to be a little bit of a spring clean, bear the pun of it being the start of the year for Arsenal. It's going to be moving players out that need to be moved on, say, Kolasinac bearing any of these injury issues that he might be facing. Eddie and Ketia, we could see go. Balogun, I think, leads alone. But the problem with that is, and I've got a, there's a piece coming out tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, I think, on this. Just kind of give my thoughts around the idea that you do have to, if you're Arteta or Edu, you have to pick between Nketiah and Balogun about who's going. You're either selling Nketiah and keeping Balogun or you're loaning Balogun and keeping Nketiah for the rest of the six months of his season because you can't, for my money, get rid of both um, because we would leave us far, far too light in the striking position. So it's a tough choice. You either say, look, we're just not going to accept any bids for Nketiah and Balogun's going to go get some important minutes on loan and he's being linked with Middlesbrough uh, in the last kind of 24 hours or so. So that could be somewhere where he goes. But West Ham are being linked with with uh, Nketiah. So there is, there's a story there. Uh, so make sure you read up on that tomorrow morning. Uh, let's go to Nico. Says a backup right back, a central midfielder and maybe another centre-back. Dan says we need to sign a midfielder for sure. If that is all, I'm happy. Uh Let's go to Jahan, who says we need to hope that United don't sack Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and we have to have a good chance of getting into that top four. Shahima wants to see Sam Maximan join in January from Newcastle. I doubt they'll be selling too many of their big players 
at the moment. Uh, and Yoya says, I think it's less about the players coming in, but more about the players staying. If Laka and Kete and Ketia, Pepe, Elneny and Leno are off, then their replacements become important. King, what do you make of the January window and how you expect Arsenal to use it? Well, I don't expect a lot to come in. I do expect maybe they will shift away someone like Elneny because he's mm-hmm. going to Afcon anyway, so he won't have any use for us in the squad and he's not playing games. He's not even coming in. I mean, mm-hmm. Lokonga and Elneny is mm-hmm. above him. Mm-hmm. So I do think he will leave. I do think Balogun will go on loan. I do think it depends on what happens with Eddie and Ketty as well. And I do think Laka is staying. I think he's looking for to stay to the summer and then get that sign-on bonus for free. So I don't think he's leaving in January, honestly. Mm. But I think it's a great opportunity to go and get someone like a Frank Kessie who would improve us immediately. Also maybe try and sniff to see what can happen with Sterling, if he would like to join us. If he mm. would, then I would go and get in in January. Because the thing is, paying 50 million for Raheem Sterling, if he comes, he would immediately improve the squad. And if we get that top four, then we've already earned that money back and even yeah. more. And if we don't, we're screwed. But no, I, I agree yeah, with you. I yeah. think that people have really overlooked someone like Raheem Sterling quite quickly. They're very quick to kind of compare him to say, uh, I don't know, other wingers in the Premier League that are that are more consistent, can scorers and and that. But I, I think it's it's not as 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 simple as that. Raheem Sterling is someone who's still, you know, he's approaching his prime in the Premier League. He's not, I think he's what, only 26, 27 still? Yeah, he's 26, so, turning 27. Yeah, so and if you look past this on, yeah. the last season, he's probably been top four wingers for three, four years in the Premier League. Mm. He's, yeah. he's been scoring goals for fun, creating, and he the thing what I like with Raheem as well is that he works hard, he runs into the channel, and he can play in multiple positions. And with that experience, I don't know, we how can we overlook a player with his quality and CV where we are at now? I don't mm. understand that. Yeah, no need to why, mate. I, it, it does stagger me sometimes when you see, say, these links come up and they pop up in your timeline and they're to, a, a, say, a player of Sterling's pedigree and quality and you see the replies to it, no, no, thank you, not good enough. And you're like, are you, what are you wanting? Like, yeah, we're yeah. not getting the Mbappes of this world. It's not going to happen. And if we are linked with, a, say, a 50 million move for a Raheem Sterling... That is a, a genuinely good move in my mind. Uh, I haven't asked you, Vinny, yet uh, about the January transfer window and, and how you think it could be used to sustain a top four challenge. So, so tell me your thoughts on it. I, I agree with King there. The two I could players. see it way. What I'd be interested in is Cassie and Sterling. I, I think people are stupid who turn their no, nose up at Sterling. Sterling's quality and it. it He's been brilliant for Man City for years. He's a winner. He's got experience. And the thing is, people say, oh, but what about Neil Smith-Rowe? What about Saka? That's a really stupid argument. You need depth. Man City win the league because they have depth. They have Sterling on the bench. They have Mares on the bench. They have Grealish on the bench at times. That's how good their depth is. We can't just be a team where we have a first good 11. And then if one player comes out, we're screwed. You need that depth. I, I think Sterling would be the perfect buy and a steal as well. And I think there's a chance of it because if he's not playing, he's not going to play in the World Cup. So for me, I'd be banging on the door now and trying to get Sterling and say, look, 
we're going to play you week in, week out. You're going to get a chance and you'll really improve our team. Hmm. The thing is for me is you look at sides like City. They had this kid called Foden that we're all very much aware of coming through the ranks. And he doesn't start every game, but he's easily good enough to start for every single team in the Premier League without a doubt. And Smith Rowe and Saka have the potential to be that good. I don't think they both start for a City or a Liverpool over Salah and Mane, right? And maybe Smith Rowe in form starts a bit over Mane now and again. But week in, week out, they don't. At the end of the day, if you're able to add someone of Sterling's quality to the team, then you can do that. And he doesn't have to start every single game. I know there's this focus on when Arsenal spend 50 million compared to when City spend 50 million is different. And there's a point to that. It certainly is. But in this market... £50 million pounds is, is different to what it was, say, six, seven years ago. And I think that Arsenal also can look to, say, bring in Sterling at 26, add him to that forward line, and you've got a player there that's going to last you for at least four, possibly even five more years. It's a, it's a five-year investment, to be honest, of £50 million pounds in him. Go on, Vinny. You don't, you, you don't burn out your players then either. It gives Emil Smith-Rowe a rest. It gives Saka a rest. But that rotation of, of a front four of Smith Rowe, Saka, Odegaard, Sterling is quality. That is really, mm. really good. And, and and that will give us a chance to challenge on multiple fronts rather than just having a good eleven and then we burn out when we play twice a week. Mm. I was um we did a show on the Arsenal way with John Cross the other day. And he was talking about how he wants to see Smith Rowe move back to the number 10 position over Erdogan. And I disagree personally. I want to see I want to see Smith Rowe continue on the left-hand side while he's scoring goals and he's in form. But it's not to say that in the long term that moving him back to the number 10 position can't be something that we try, even if we say bring in a Sterling. Because if you develop Smith Rowe on the left to add to kind of his goal scoring abilities, when you do move him back to the middle or you play him in the middle, those traits that he's learned on the left hand side are going to be really useful uh, when he does move over. Uh, it's kind of round. Oh, go on, King. Sorry, go on. If you, if we look at West Ham last year, they brought in mm. Lingard. I promise you. Nobody was expecting Lingard to do as well as he did. But it's another player who's played at the highest level, who's performed both for national and club side, who has that experience. Mm. And look how much he helped West Ham to kick on. As player like Sterling can do similar to us. Mm. Like people, sometimes when a player loses form, it's like people think that they're not good anymore. Sometimes it's just a mental thing or you just need a change of environment. And yeah. that's why, for me, you can't turn down someone like a Sterling. He's too good. His base level quality is of a standard that you just you can't turn that kind of level down. Vinny, go on. I, know, I feel like you're going to jump in. I was going to say he's homegrown as well. And, and mm. I think come, come the summer, uh, Chambers is probably likely to leave, like, you want Niles to leave. I don't want Mainsley to leave. And Katia. Uh, but, but all of these players are homegrown. Yeah. And we need to think about the homegrown quieter. So it may be something that we need to invest in rather than someone like a Nkunu or whatever that someone said in the chat a minute ago because you need a homegrown base. Uh, I disagree with FT in the chat. I don't think you can compare Raheem Sterling and Willian situations. They are very different in terms of their age. Sterling, for 30, yeah, 26. Willian was, what, 32 when we bought him, maybe even 33 when we got him. So it's a very different situation. Also, Sterling's base quality is of a, you know, it's just different. Go on, Alex. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was sorry, I saw that comment as well. I think when you consider that Sterling and, and Nicholas Pepe are the same age, like, 
to me that's always just been outrageous because when you look at their <laughs> their their like career path i mean you can you can say what you want about pepe being really good in the french league but you look at sterling he's proven himself time and time again in the premier league regardless of the last couple of years maybe haven't been up to his previous numbers but he was talked about as one of the best wingers in the world when he was sort of 24 and yeah i don't think you can compare william who's sort of six years down the line mm. um to where sterling is and he would be a great role model and someone who arteta has worked with before as well so he knows the qualities he can bring and when you consider the mentality of the players that have been brought in with Tomiyasu, with Tavares, with you know Ben White. I trust Arteta's judgment on what a player's personality is and what their mentality is. And if he mm. thinks that Sterling would be, or if the links are there and he thinks that it's he's worth signing, then I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. Um, and very briefly to touch on Frank Kessie, I saw somebody in the comments say about him being away for the Africa Cup of Nations, but. I agree completely. However, he's not someone you're looking at necessarily for cover in January. He's a long-term solution who could mm. eventually replace somebody like Thomas Partey um, and be sort of the next. And his potential is just sky high. Um, and I don't really see many better players of his age at his position. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think you raised a really good point about Kessie. I think look, at six months left on his deal, yes, I think that there is certainly credible rumours that he's looking for a big payday. And going from Serie A to the Premier League often gets you a very decent payday. The wages are very different. So I'm sure that there would be not too many issues in, in trying to secure a deal in that sense, it's going to be the competition for his signature that we're going to find the issues with that. But he's a very good central midfielder that's got a lot of potential still. Uh, I wanted to raise Accurate's point. I think it's a really positive one. Sterling's got the connection with Arteta. Arteta has been credited by Sterling as well previously of the work that those two did together at Manchester City. So I think that in itself is is a really solid point and one well made by Accurate. Tony says people forget Raheem's rise at City was credited down to Arteta. Nico saying Raheem Sterling's XG is 2.06. That's a guaranteed goal each game. Bring him in and splash the cash. That is a ridiculously high XG for a winger. That is that 2.06 is unreal levels of expected goals for those that aren't really in the know about that sort of thing. XG expected goals, the likelihood of a player scoring in each game to be 2.06 is, yeah, silly. It's silly levels. Um, final point that I wanted to kind of go on to. Uh, before we get your prediction, your overall prediction about whether or not you think we'll make the top four this season is to do with the Liverpool game, which comes up next. King, I'm going to start with you on this, mate, and then we'll go around. Um, how influential is this away Liverpool game in our hopes for getting top four? And what I mean by that is, do you think that you can talk about the performance, the result, the match result, whatever, how much of a bearing does this single Liverpool game have on our hopes for top four? I think it's massive. You can just look at West Ham uh, last week. It sends a statement when you play well against the big six. People look at you like, okay, this isn't West Ham. They are not about. They are really up for it. So if we go to Liverpool, even if we don't win, let's say we get a draw or, or a one-nil loss, but we play really well and we look solid defensively, teams are going to look at Arsenal and be like, you can't bully them anymore. Look what they did when they went to Liverpool. So in that perspective, I think it's, it's 
depends on how we perform against them. That will send the message that we are here and we are not joking. Mm. Uh, Vinny, how important is this Liverpool game in the race for a top four for Arsenal? I don't, I don't think it's massively important. I, I, I agree with King. It'd be a big statement if we can go there and get a result. Um, but I, if we do lose, we've got to bounce back. And that's the statement. The statement is when you get knocked on your ass, do you get back up and start fighting? And that's what we need this team to do. We, we can't fold like we have done in the past. I want this team to show character, go there, compete with Liverpool, hopefully get a result. But if we don't, we need to pick up the next game and we need to win the next game. Fair play. Alex, lastly, on Liverpool, how key is this game for Arsenal's top four hopes? Um, I don't think it's make or break. I think, like both the officers said, it will be a big statement. But, um, you know, I'm quietly thinking that we might well stun them in the same way that we have done in the first half of a lot of I love of the blind teams. confidence, it's great. But <laughs> you've, got to, you've, got, you've, got, you've got to have confidence, especially given our our form, and obviously their form has been fantastic, but, you know, I think, I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it's that important. However, to continue the momentum that we've got uh, coming out of an international break would be really big in that sense i don't think necessarily the game is that important but mm. i think the momentum it could provide in long be, term. Be massive it'd be massive wouldn't it it'd be absolutely huge and i think what you raised there is probably where i sit is that the match result in itself is only for me influential in our top four race if we win because if we win against liverpool the momentum that brings as you say there alex is huge that's why i think if we lose this game i don't think it's as much of a bearing because we, there's no pressure on us to go to Anfield and win this game. There's, there's All the pressure is on Liverpool to turn around the two games that they've gone drawn against Brighton, lost against West Ham. All the pressure is on them. And we have, I mean, it sounds crazy to say we have nothing to lose because obviously there is three points to lose. But I think theoretically Arsenal have nothing to lose and they can go there in the knowledge that they can come away from that game if they've put in a solid performance and still maybe not come away of anything and just move on to the next one because they've got another opportunity against, I think, Newcastle to turn things around the week after. So I think what you said there, Alex, is really strong about kind of what it would do from a winning perspective. But as Omar says, it's a free hit for me. Just give our all even if we lose. I wouldn't say it's entirely a free hit because I think the performance is also important. If we go and get battered like we did at the Etihad, that, that could be a bit of a problem. But I think it's a good Vinny measuring stick for us of where we've kind of progressed in that time. We beat them. We go above them. That's crazy. I know. It's, it's mad, isn't it? It's it's crazy when you consider where we were, bottom of the table, three games in, and we sit three points off second place with the ability to go above Liverpool. And what's even crazier is I still get people putting Arteta out him onto my chat box. It's crazy. Um, so lastly, to finish off the show, uh, what I am going to say is uh, just to give me a, a simple yes or no baseless prediction with no ramifications of you getting clipped and memed whatsoever. Um, Vinny, I'll come back to you and start first. Do Arsenal get top four this season? Maybe. Uh, no, that's see. not let's the answer. Go, yes. <laughs> I think we can. I think we can. Alex? Reckon we win the league. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you serious or <laughs> I, I have to check yes <laughs> lovely stuff King 
why not? You you have to dream. What's the point otherwise? Let's enjoy while it lasts. So let's say yes, we can. We've got six games against Liverpool, been... Newcastle, United, Everton, Southampton, and then is it West Ham? I think after that, if that's correct, I mean that's a mad man. I think it might be Leeds actually, not West Ham at the end. Um, but King, I mean, if we, it's those games that are going to tell us, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, in one month time, if you have a podcast, we will all know more about this team, <laughs> about Ateta. I want to see how he reacts when we start losing, if he's going to change tactics, is he going to change formation, is he going to change the players? That's where I want to see, because I do think that the mentality of the players is good. They will give it, but will he be afraid or will he believe in the team? That's where I am with Ateta now. I want to see how he reacts. Brandon says no. Fabo says yes. Omar says no. Robert says no. Uh, Plemon says yes. And Deep says no. Dan just simply says top four. I agree with Alex. We're winning the league. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Nicola, I'm not surprised if we're getting clipped. I, I, it's All it is is a bit of fun. Josh says no. Igbo says yes. Only if we strengthen in the midfield in January, which is not a bad point to be fair. Uh, Robert saying, fingers crossed for sixth place. I said at the start of the season, top six was was the expectation. If Arsenal get top six this season, I'm happy. I'm content with that. I won't be disappointed if we miss out. I might be disappointed to say we're in the last game and we're in fourth place and we screw it up. That's I might be disappointed then. But it's it's a case of me where we have the fifth best squad in the league, top four for an Arsenal side that have finished back-to-back eighth-place seasons where there was no confidence in this team or in Arteta whatsoever or in the signings that we made. Let's be real, when we were bringing in Ramsdale for 24 million, bringing in Ben White for 50 million, the mood was not one amongst the Arsenal fan base that we were going to be getting top four. Let's be absolutely honest about that. So the idea that we could and are still talking about this in November is impressive. Vinny, go on. Yeah, I think the fact that we're even talking about it is really positive, but yeah, I, I had to turn off the Discord at the start of the season. <laughs> well, because so it was Zamir, was it? It was Zamir, wasn't it? That's what yeah, it was. Two <laughs> negative, Pep light, Pep light. But like, I, I, I was never one for calling Arteta out. I, I saw the mitigating circumstances of the first three games, mm. and I'm just delighted we're turning it around and better than I could have even imagined. Just the fact that we're so solid at the back now and we have a base to move forward from is just so positive. But the fact that we're talking about top four is just a joy. And as you said, top six is a good season. Get back into the Europa League is a good season. Top four is a dream. Yeah. it's And people will turn around and say, look at, look at those Arsenal fans talking about Arsenal saying that top six is a good season. It's about perspective. It's about context of seeing where we are, where we've fallen, the work that's being put in to try and turn things around. And hey, I have empathy for people that very much still say, would say Arteta is not the man for the job because after Villarreal, I was where you are. I'm seeing the evidence to change my opinion, to turn things around. I need to see more. And the next six games are going to be absolutely crucial in where my opinion ends up by Christmas. But I can't criticise the last 10 games bar some inconsistencies in performances because we've seen some really good stuff going forwards. So to be where we... I mean, you think back to this time last year, I think we were, what, 16th in the table and really looking at being, <laughs> let's stay up, <laughs> not looking ahead to, to top four. So it's it's mad how things have changed. Is it fair to say... Oh. Go on, King. Tom, is it fair to say that a new manager who's inexperienced, that you're going to have to give them time because 
they're not going to get it right from the beginning. The answer is, is no if you're a Chelsea fan because Lampard wasn't given time and the replacement they brought in won them the Champions League. So the argument from that side would be, no, you don't have to give a young manager time. However, you can and you may benefit from it, which is what maybe Arsenal were doing now. So I would say that it's, it's multifaceted, the answer. I don't think it's simply yes or no. I think you, can ha you have the choice. You either say... No, this isn't acceptable. That's what Chelsea did. They went and got in Thomas Tuchel and won the Champions League. Or you say, no, I'm going to stick by this. I'm going to take a risk. It may backfire, as it did probably for Unai Emery, because I know he wasn't inexperienced, but we, we kept going with him for probably far, far too long, and he lost the dressing room, and he got worse way before it was ever going to get better, and it probably wouldn't have done. With Arteta, we've, you know, the, the, the board's turned around and said, no, we are behind him. And all the information I have is that at no point have the club ever thought about considering sacking Arteta. They've been behind him the whole way. Vinny, I know you wanted to jump in, so yeah. go on. I think to, towards the end of last year, I understand why a lot of fans were being really negative and mm. were really fed up. But I think the way the team's playing at the moment, we need as a fan base to get behind this team. And the, the, and the, the team relate a lot more to the fans as well, which is great this year. But as a fan base, we need to get behind the team and we can't jump on them as soon as we have a negative result. We need to try and be level-headed and get behind them and be positive and back them and move forward. And then let's judge towards the end of the season where we are. And if we are struggling, then maybe Arteta has to go. But let's give him a chance. Let's not just jump on him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Go on, Alex. I can't add one thing. So I yeah, go for it. No, shoot, shoot. Frank, shoot. Um, just to add on to what Vinny's saying, um, uh, for those of you that don't know, I study sports coaching. And say it, <laughs> he's an expert but, but so I, I do i do football coaching and my current um my current um research project is on collective team mentality um and collective club mentality and how that affects overall performance of a club and i think that this is the first time in a very long time that we have a lot of members of staff and members of playing staff who are all pulling in the same direction mm. um where we've had agents and we've had you know unnamed people uh, who, <laughs> um, who, 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 are, who weren't necessarily having the best interests of the club at heart. Um, so I think that the most important thing for me is that we're all pulling in the right direction. Um, and I think that uh, everything that is, you know, all the papers and all of the academic journals that I've read so far have said that it makes a positive impact on the club. And I think that's one thing that we can see over the yeah. course of the last few games and hopefully yeah. we can keep that going so absolutely absolutely i've just saved king's uh dignity i think <laughs> I just had a second ago <laughs> fine i was on it i got him out of here i'm sure king will join back in a second when he's sorted out he's got i love the fact that he's parenting and podding at the same time it's just that's that's good quality that is anyway let's uh let's wrap things up uh and we'll move on to obviously the next show which will be tomorrow morning at 8 a.m and uh we'll be discussing of course all of the latest last news as always, next weekend, they'll be back to the usual scheduled broadcasting. Hopefully, probably Monday evening will be the podcast. It's my birthday on Sunday, and I'm actually here for that. 
so there won't be a there won't be a reaction show to Liverpool because I'm going to be in and around London for the game. So uh, there won't be a show then. But I'll make sure that there's lots of content coming up to it, and we'll be doing the preview show, of course, with the members ahead of the Liverpool game, probably around Thursday. So I look forward to bringing you all of that, and of course, all the 8 a.m. shows in between. I'd like to take a massive thank you to my members, Chatbox. If you could show them some love, we really appreciate it. First of all, to King, of course, uh, couldn't join us at the end of the pod, but really appreciate the time King gave us as well. Vinny, always a pleasure, my man. Really appreciate you jumping on. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolute pleasure to be on with Alex and King and yourself. And I hope you don't get battered tonight, mate. Don't do a top move. Yeah, yeah. one of the things I've asked for for the birthday, which is going to have to be kind of, because they're quite expensive, is a joint thing, is a GoPro, because I'd really like to just set it up and show you how bad I am at football. So that's that's something I've definitely put on the list. So fingers crossed that that comes through. Uh, that might be an entire family pulled together uh, to get that in. Um, but no, Vinny, t- thank you so much, mate. And tell people where they can find you, of course. Sexy bold man on Instagram, of course. But there you thank, go. Thank you, everyone, in the Discord. Have a good evening. Absolutely. Alex, thanks so much, mate. Really appreciate your time. Tell people where they can find you. Oh, um, I don't actually have many other social media. They can find so, you in the Discord so server. You can find they? me in the Discord <laughs> server. Um, smash the like button on the video. And uh, yeah, join. join. It's a great community. If you... I train them well. I train them very, <laughs> very well. They know yeah. exactly what to say. Thank you so much, Alex and Vinny. Go on, no Alex. Worries. I was going to say, I got the script from you about it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't to say that. It's not the way it goes. Um, no, thank you so much, guys, uh, for coming on. Really appreciate your time. And a massive thank you to King as well. Uh, you'll be able to find him in the Discord server as well as Vinny and Alex and all of the regulars you see coming on the show and plenty others as well who are just, you know, the, the confidence isn't yet there for them to jump on the channel. But uh, I look forward to inviting even more debutants on as the season continues if you'd like to join our discord server then you need to do is become one of our expert members or tgt ambassadors link to that is in the description it's a really good community that we're building there and full of some really friendly faces as well that people genuinely talk about football 24 7 with how we're so global with that community and of course if you're not that's absolutely fine too you're welcome in the chat box always every single show drop a like on the video subscribe to the channel and as always up the arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.